opinions expressed on ACV Media are those of the content creators and should not be assumed to reflect product endorsements or the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. The American Council of Blind Lions, ACBL, is the affiliate that roars, and that's no lion. ACBL holds monthly conference calls and ACB convention events that help people who are blind or visually impaired become more involved in local Lions Clubs. Find out more. Call 502-897-1472 or email lions.acb at gmail.com. California, Florida, Iowa, Texas, guide dog users, students, IT professionals, government employees. The American Council of the Blind has members in all 50 states and is actively engaged in a wide variety of activities. We advocate for the education, employment, and social inclusion of all blind and visually impaired Americans. We publish a monthly magazine. We hold an annual conference and convention and operate a multi-channel internet radio station. Check us out at acb.org. Together, we can do anything. Join me, Brian McCallan, on Speaking Out for the Blind. I interview blind newsmakers to inspire the population to go for their dreams. Speaking Out for the Blind airs Fridays at 8 p.m. Eastern on ACB Media One. Welcome to Speaking Out for the Blind. I'm Brian McCallan. KHON TV reports that Mari Murdoch recently competed in Hawaii's Start to the Park 10K. Mari started running in high school, but just five years ago, she suffered from a stroke. The stroke affected Mari's left peripheral vision in both of her eyes, but that didn't keep Mari from running. She's here connecting from Hawaii to share her running adventure. Hi, Mari. Hi. Glad you're here today. How Me did you too. Fall, how'd you fall in love running in high school? You know, the more that I think about it, it was actually in college, and I started running with my college roommates around the track um, because my roommates were runners. And don't get me wrong, oh my goodness, like the first couple times I ran, I was just dying, so I could barely even go like a quarter mile. But then I started running on the treadmill, watching music videos, and it just gave me the inspiration with the music. And then the more I ran, I started to develop that runner's high that you get where your brain is just flooded with endorphins and feel-good hormones, and that just made me want to keep going even more. There you go. Talk about that stroke that happened half a decade ago. Um, so they call it a silent stroke because the only thing that was affected was my vision, so I didn't even know that I was having a stroke at the time until I tried to drive a vehicle, and I was like, something is off. I couldn't really see that well. Thankfully, nobody got hurt or anything like that, but yeah, that was that was a scary situation. So, so you, so you lost your, only your vision. You, you didn't. It wasn't like you couldn't. I, I have had family members who've had strokes, so it was like you couldn't talk. You know, you you couldn't move. Nothing like that. No, I had no other symptoms whatsoever. Wow. And I actually didn't even know that I lost my vision until I went to the eye doctor because I knew something was off, but I couldn't pinpoint what it was. Um, you know, I couldn't really see my face in the mirror that well. I ran into a couple walls and trees and stuff. I went to the eye doctor and they did a peripheral vision test. And he said to me, you don't have an eye issue. You have a brain issue. You need to go to the doctor. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what? So what happened next? So 
you know, he said, oh, they're just going to, you probably have a tumor pushing on your optic nerve and they're just going to fish it out through your brain and you'll be able to see again. So I went to the hospital and they did an MRI. They didn't find a tumor, but they said, it looks like you had a rather large stroke about three weeks ago. And uh, so you had the stroke and you lost your left peripheral vision in both your left and right eyes. Uh, Correct. Did, did yes. they treat did they treat your st- stroke in any ways though? Um basically they just put me on warfarin for a little while which is a blood thinner um and then I had to do injections in my stomach and then you know I went to the Coumadin clinic and that lasted about 6 months and then they told me your artery is healed and they took me off of everything and then I started running again because when I after I had the stroke they told me I couldn't run at all. I couldn't do physical activity in case, you know, that I would have another stroke. And that was devastating, being told that you can't do something that you love. Yeah, I'm sure that must have been devastating. But why did your vision loss not keep you from running? What was it that didn't keep you from stopping running? Well... I was living in San Diego at the time, and I had my typical running routes, so I was very familiar with um, exactly where I was going, and I had a dog that I actually trained to be my guide dog, and she was my running partner, so she acted as like a barrier between me and other pedestrians, so it was easy for us to maneuver around people and objects and things like that. Well, how did you get introduced to the visually impaired community and even uh, get your guide dog? Well, let's see. I actually went, so I'm from Minnesota, and my father told me to go to Minnesota State Services for the Blind. And when I went there, I I made so many blind friends. I mean, I love blind people. I feel like there's just that instant connection when you meet somebody that you, you know, are struggling with the same sort of issues. And um, it just feels like a big weight is lifted off your shoulders. So, you know, I learned Braille. They gave me a cane. Um, I learned assistive technology and all the cool, fun things that blind people get to learn when they go to school for vision loss. All those things, cane travel. Um which which guide dog school did you go to to get your guide dog? Well, I actually trained her to be my guide dog myself. Oh, okay. Yes. So because she was actually with me when I had the stroke, and I think that she sensed a, she sensed a shift in something that was going on with me. And when I was living in San Diego, San Diego is the most dog-friendly city that I've ever been to. So... I used to take her to restaurants with me. She would sit on the patio. You know, they have um, like puppy menus sometimes where you can (laughs) order popsicles and like a lot of the restaurants have little doggy treats at the front. So she was used to going with me everywhere that I went anyways. She was glued to me. And then, um, you know, so that transition was very easy. I reached out to my puppy school trainer and I was like, you know, here's the situation can you help me or do you have any resources where I can find somebody to train my dog to be my guide dog? And she said, well, here's the thing. She's like, I can help you. And she said, um, legally as a disabled person, you are allowed to train your dog yourself for your specific needs. All right. Interesting. Uh, How do you run with such limited vision? Well, like I said, I usually stick to my typical routes and, 
when I moved to Hawaii, don't get me wrong, I definitely get lost. I still get lost when I'm running in my same streets I, because I can't see the street sign. And I'll just keep going. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I went too far. Got to turn around. Go back. Don't you also do any sort of processes like visual scanning? Yeah. So basically, I have to move my eyes left and right quite a bit and my head left and right quite a bit. So when I'm crossing the street, you know, I'll stop and I'll look back and forth, back and forth, back and forth before I cross the street. I understand that you needed some help completing recently this 10K run that you did in Honolulu. Yes. What assistance did you receive? Um, so I actually had a, this was so cool and it was the most uplifting, um, crazy, insane, fun experience. So I had myself, Matt, um, Matt's friend, yes, uh, Matt's friend, Josh and my other friend, Jackie. So we were all running together. Matt was staying in my blind side on my left, just about, you know, maybe a couple steps ahead of me, um, And the other two, one was in front and the other was on my right. And they would scream out, visually impaired runner coming up on your left. So I'd grab onto Matt and we'd maneuver and swerve through the crowd. That's easier than holding up signs. Oh, yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Tell us more about Matt, though. uh, So I met him at Access Surf. Uh, It's a... It's a nonprofit that helps disabled people safely access the water. Um, and what they do is tandem surfing and other water activities. So I went to one of their day at the beach events and Matt was assigned to me to be my surf instructor. So, you know, it's tandem surfing. So he was on the back of the surfboard. I was on the front and they kind of guide you through the process of you know, when we're going to catch a wave when, and then I'm like, you know, I kind of want to stand up. So they tell you, you know, put your knee anyways. um, After all that, we're surfing and we're having a great time. And I said, Hey, Matt, I have a question. Do you know any runners uh, who volunteer here? And he's like, yeah, why? And I'm like, well, (laughs) I'm running the 10 K during the Honolulu marathon. And My friend Jackie, she wants to run with me, but she's afraid that she's a little bit too slow. So I'm looking for another partner to run with. And he's like, I'll run with you. I'm like, no way. Are you serious? (laughs) (laughs) And and that's kind of how it developed into a three or a four person team, you know, myself and my three sided running guides. So how did you do in the 10K? And what were some of your, just your other little secrets to getting through the 10K? I think we did about uh, an hour and 45, which is, or an hour and 44, which is actually quite slow for me, but that was okay because, you know, like I said, we were maneuvering between the crowd and it was fun because we were literally all talking at the same time. Normally I run about a nine to 10 minute mile. This averaged out to be about a 12-minute mile. Um, And I did also wear like a fluorescent pink shirt. And I had a button on my back that said, I have low vision. And then I put... And um, so the 10K, I want to... I haven't been to Hawaii, but I want to try to see visually where this is. Um, So, okay. Where in Honolulu did you start and where... In the city, did you end? 
Oh my gosh, I can't even remember because I I don't drive. So my well, friend, I, I know you don't drive. <laughs> <laughs> so my friend picked me up. It was through. I was Wiking. trying to see where the route was that yeah. all the participants went. Yeah, it was through Waikiki, and then we ended somewhere around the Honolulu Zoo. Okay. And, and then the rest of the marathon just kept going up through Hawaii Kai and back down. So Matt and Josh actually ran the entire marathon, and Jackie and I cut off at the 10K. Um, and I was joking with Matt. Actually, my boyfriend brought this up. He goes, you better tell Matt. Um, when you're going to turn off because otherwise if it's on your blind side, you'll just keep running. And Matt goes, yeah, I might just do that on purpose. He goes, Oh, whoops, Mari, you just ran a marathon. How do you feel? And I'm like, don't do that to me. I totally could have kept running and I wanted to, Mm -hmm. like when we stopped, I was like, what, that's it. I want to keep going. And Jackie's like, you should just keep running with them. And then when my boyfriend picked me up and we were driving home, we were passing the marathon runners and I was looking for him and I was about ready to get out of the, the car and go keep keep running and join him. But I didn't um, because I'm working with a personal trainer who is my next door neighbor, which is very convenient. And he's been sending me my running plans. So we're slowly working up. Um, and actually I'm going to be competing, not competing, but running in the Hana, the, what is it? I can't remember the exact name of it, but it's the half marathon in April. And, and and so, uh, this personal trainer, he's, he's more like the fitness personal trainer base for running. Yeah. He actually, I think I'm one of his only clients who, um, is doing the marathon and he's helping me with running programs. So like, I actually just had a personal training session with him this morning, um, which was more of a strength training session. But he'll say, you know, okay, you're going to do five miles today. The first one you're going to walk. Then the next you're going to do a 10-minute mile. You're just going to keep getting faster each mile. And then the last mile you're going to walk sort of thing. And, And you must be doing this training, I'm sure, every single day. Um. It's about five to six days a week. He five oh, and six days a week is very good. And it's important that I have this trainer because he implements rest days, and I'm very bad about just continuing to go. Like I'll I'll run too fast and I'll burn out, and I'll want to run yeah. every single day, and your body breaks down. So you need to have that rest increments in between, so your body your muscles can rebuild themselves. That that's a good idea. You gave me good advice. I'm I'm trying to. I have a New Year's resolution to do much more strength training myself and more bike at my local health club. And then, and I'm trying to like do this every single day so I can build up more muscle. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I, I said to myself, I'm going to take little rest breaks. Like when I go on vacation. That's, yes. That's like the, that's like the step point where I say, okay, you've done it enough extra. I also do, I have scoliosis. So I do also do back exercises as well. And I oh, say, okay. okay. I'm, I'm going to. I'm on the on the days that we're out of town, my family and I. I'm just going to stop. Okay, put the exercising to the side. Come mm-hmm. back to it when I get home. Yeah, exactly. Or if you work out, like say two days in a row, and then take one day off, and then another two, and take another day off, or three in one, you know, something like that. Yeah. Okay. I'm writing all these sort of notes on my hand to keep track. <laughs> oh, perfect. You, you know, <laughs> and my I, father's yeah, actually on my, on my, on my, my fingers are on my pen here. Not not <laughs> I don't have a real pen writing this on my hand. No. Uh, <laughs> okay. 
That's funny. And, you know, my father's a, a physical therapist, so I also have a very good understanding of the human body and um, how physical activity can help you recover and rest. And, um, you know, I used to work for him pretty much uh, up in, when I was 15 up until about 32 on and off. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. Um, you, you've got, you've got, uh, health conscious family members too. Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> well, con- well, congratulations, Mari. Now, Thank you. Uh, you. You can't just run for a living. You, you got to make a little money. So you started yeah. this nonprofit called Travel Visions Aloha. What does yes. the nonprofit do? So we're actually not even open yet because so much planning goes into this nonprofit. Yeah, but I, I looked on your website and said under construction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have I have a team now of about eight, and they're all either blind, visually impaired, or disabled in some way. Actually, that let me correct myself. There's two orientation and mobility instructors who are also on my team. Um, but you know, we all have our various tasks of website, IT support, you know, I have my vice president, we have our program development team, we have our um, marketing team. So what what's going into this planning is a big portion of it is the program development research where we actually go out and we assess activities out in the field and rate them, not necessarily rate them, but kind of gauge how we can make them more accessible and fun for the blind. And okay. then, so so this is sort of like a if people are coming to Hawaii, blind and visually impaired people, it's just about getting them to have a good time just visiting the islands. Yeah, exactly. So what I'm trying to do is start off with a really good basis here on Oahu, and then I want to branch out to the other islands, and then eventually, well, because so after living here, I've realized that. Oahu has all of the blind services, um, and the other islands really don't offer much. So I want to be able to, you know, encourage them to get out and do things and experience the islands. And um, <clears throat> and then, yeah, like I said, I want to partner with the mainland and different state services on the mainland and basically promote inter-island travel. How long is it going to be before that business gets started? I'm projecting a roughly around March or April, I hope. That's not too, that's not, it's a March or April. It'll just be around the corner. Yeah, it'll hopefully be open for my birthday. That would be like the best birthday present ever to open oh, up on my oh, that'll birthday. Be, that'll be the best birthday present ever with a big, huge cake. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then I, you know, I got to get ready for this, um, this half marathon in April, like I said, um, and this is like so cool to me because of the news. Uh, I've had people reach out to me on Facebook um, and they said, you know, hey, I want to volunteer for your organization. Or I had this one woman who said, I have the exact same eye condition or brain condition that you do. And I am also a runner. Can I partner with you and we get a sighted running team to run in the half marathon? I'm like, oh my gosh, absolutely. I would love that. All right. So what's gonna be your big goal in life, Mari? Well, I wanna change people's lives. Like I really want to make an impact on the blind community. 
and really uplift them and unite them together. Because like I said, I just feel like there's just a huge weight that's lifted off your shoulders when you meet somebody, somebody else that's struggling with something. And it's like, oh, you ran into a wall today, too? Oh my gosh. <laughs> like it's like it, it, there's no judgment. It's more of an understanding and then you build that connection and friendship. Um so yeah, I want to unite the blind community and get them I want to open up blind people's eyes so to speak on you know, you don't have to be scared and sit at home alone, um frustrated and not want to leave the house because you're worried. You can go out, you can do anything, you just have to do it in a different way. Like I said on the news, you know, with your accessible adaptations, whether it be your cane, your guide dog, your sighted guide. That is great. Just do things, but just, you know, do them in slightly different ways. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to add, Maury? Um, yeah, sure. Um. You know, if anybody's interested in being involved in the nonprofit, please go to travelvisionsaloha.org. Like I guess we are under construction at the moment, but things will hopefully be up and off the ground running soon. As now we are officially a 501c3 federal nonprofit status. And my team is building the more that I talk about this. And, um, you know, I'm working with a nonprofit business mentor. So, yeah, head over to the website. Wonderful. Like us on Facebook. Facebook? Yeah. And then are, are you going to be on Twitter or Instagram, TikTok? Um, you know, I'm not sure yet. I need to talk with my team. We did discuss more of like a Facebook because Instagram is more visual. Yeah, and our pictures. Yeah, and our target market are blind people. I mean, our primary target market is the blind community. Our second target market is obviously sighted people to be involved and be that sighted guide volunteer to assist the blind. But at this point, we're just on Facebook. All right, Maury, you're an inspiration to us all. Thanks for sharing and coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. You're so welcome. Before we go, listeners, I welcome your comments on this program. Just visit and like me on Facebook at Speaking Out for the Blind, or follow me on Twitter at Speak Out Blind or Speak Out for the Blind. You can also check out my website at speakingoutfortheblind.weebly.com. More information on today's show is posted there. Just look under list of episodes and show news tab. And my show archive is at speaking-out-for-the-blind.pinecast.co. That's all for this edition of Speaking Out for the Blind. Thanks for listening. And remember to speak out. You are listening to ACB Media One, also known as Mainstream, the flagship of the ACB Media Network. The ACB Media Network is a service of the American Council of the Blind. Please visit us at acbradio.org.